0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So, if you need batteries for your truck, batteries for your trail cameras, TV remote controls, flashlights, you name it, Interstate Batteries has what you need. They have thousands of retail locations all over the United States So stop in, talk to a battery specialist, or for more information, visit interstatebatteries.com.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Hard to believe we're already at 81. Thank you all for listening. If you're new to the show, if this is the first episode you've listened to, welcome. We, We appreciate you being here. And thank you to all the long-term listeners for continuing to listen and continuing to share. One thing I want to ask you or encourage you to do is follow us on Instagram. We're really trying to grow our Instagram following. So if you're not already following us on Instagram, do us a favor and uh, go over there and check us out. We're Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram. And we're always posting cool things or interesting things in our in our stories over there so check us out on Instagram and today's episode real briefly is we kind of did a splurge versus save what what type of gear should you really spend the extra money on and and buy something quality and what type of gear can you save a few dollars on and you know buy the off brand or just buy whatever's cheapest. So Jeff and I talk through, you know, our opinions on this stuff and, and what our thoughts are. So hopefully it's helpful for some of you out there. If you're, you know, if you're looking at getting into hunting or, you know, you're, you're looking at upgrading or you've got a, you know, maybe you got a tax return and you're, and you're looking at upgrading gear or, or getting some gear. What type of stuff should you spend the extra money on and what type of stuff can you save money on? So, before we get into that, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So, Monster Whitetail Grub is a deer feed company that has everything you could need for feeding and supplementing deer. They've got their premium Monster Whitetail Grub feed, which is a high-protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in. It's going to be great for the does as they're developing fawns. It's also good for antler growth. If you just want to run straight mineral, they've also got that. So basically, whatever you need for feeding, attracting deer, that sort of thing. So if you're interested in trying some of that stuff, go to OhioHuntsman.com/sponsors, and there'll be a link there on how to get in touch with them and try out some of their product. The other thing is, once you've listened to the episode, let us know what you think. Do you like this type of content? Do you want us to continue to do this kind of stuff? Do you prefer the the episodes and the content that we do with the Division of Wildlife? What what type of content do you guys like the most? Let us know. Right, we're we're open to uh, you all's opinions. We're doing this to help you, and so if we're if we're providing content that you guys don't care for or or would rather not listen to, then we'd like to know that. Or On the flip side, if you really like this kind of stuff and you want more of this, let us know that too. So that's enough rambling for me. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, Jeff, so it's you and I today. What's been going on? What have you you been up to? Anything uh, out in the woods?
2: Not a whole lot of getting out in the woods. Uh, I've been doing a lot of researching... uh, hunting stuff for next year um i'm gonna make a an effort to get into waterfowl hunting next year so i've been doing some research on that kind of stuff and yeah
1: the other thing i've seen find end of year deals that's what i was just gonna say i've seen you've been yeah. finding some end of year deals and we've actually had some some listeners send us some messages that they've you know found some walmart clearance stuff and got you know, hunting gear for super, super cheap. So that's kind of a, I guess a, a tip here, a, a, a non-topic related tip is, uh, you know, check out end of year closeout stuff. Cause you know, stores don't want to, especially I would say like physical stores that have a sporting goods section, you know, like, I don't know that you're going to get super deals at, you know, like a, a, a sporting goods specific store, but a place like Walmart certainly, like, there's a bunch of stuff that they want to get cleared out so they can get other type of stuff on those, you know, in that shelf space. So, good way to get yeah, some deals Walmart, on products. Walmart,
2: Tractor Supply, Rural King. Yeah, you know, those kind of places, especially. Yeah. Even even sporting goods stores, you know that, you know, they may want to clear out some shelf space you know, to put spring turkey and fishing stuff in. So, right, yeah. you know, especially like tree stands and stuff. I mean, those take up a lot of room. So got to yeah. get rid of those.
1: I know we've all been, we're recording this, uh, what is it? February 19th. So we've all been kind of watching trail cameras to see when the bucks are going to shed. We've got some pictures of like half rack bucks and, and, uh, other deer that, that have, you know, both antlers carrying both antlers still. So keeping an eye on that.
2: Yeah. Everything I've seen so far, I haven't seen a shed buck yet on mine, but you know, I haven't been really checking my cameras often.
1: Yeah. I think Jake said he got a, a half rack buck, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think he said he had a half rack and I want to say, I think, I think our dad, uh, had one, had a buck that was completely shed. Okay. But around, you know, our area, it seems like the bucks hold their antlers a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've got pictures from years past of, you know, bucks with, you know, both sides well into March, you know, so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Getting, getting close to the beginning of Turkey season.
1: Right. Yeah. You know,
2: bu- bucks, still have their antlers from last year.
1: I know there's definitely been times in the past where I've gone out looking for antlers and then, you know, reviewed trail camera pictures later on and and realized, oh, they were still carrying their antlers. That's why I didn't find any. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to then get into the topic, we talked a little bit about finding deals on products. So. Splurge versus save is kind of the the idea I had, or or what products you should save money on, and you can get the cheap stuff, or what products you should, you know, pay the extra money for the quality. So, I guess let's jump into it. You want to go first?
2: Uh, do, should I start with one that you should pay, or one that? I don't think you should have pay as much
1: whatever you'd like, whatever, or, whatever trips you try. Right.
2: <clears throat> well, then I'm going to go with, I think the most important thing to spend the money on is your ammunition or broadheads. Okay. Um, I think in most cases spending the extra money is, uh, is well worth it. um, you know, if you're small game hunting, dove hunting, rabbit hunting, spending the extra buck or two on a box of shells that, you know, patterns a little better can really change a hunt, yeah. you know, it can make you having a very go from having a, you know, that can be the difference between a very successful hunt and a not so good hunt, um, so spend, same thing with, uh, you know, deer hunting, turkey hunting, um, spend, you know, I'm not saying you got to spend and buy, you know, the TSS turkey loads, but instead of buying the, you know, $8 box, maybe you buy the 11 or $12 box. I mean, with turkey loads, with all shotgun loads, you really should pattern see what patterns well out of your gun. Yeah. But a good tip, I think, is instead of uh, buying, you know, because it can be hard to find a, a load that patterns well out of your gun for turkey hunting, instead of buying a bunch of boxes of the cheaper stuff, you know, buy the bottom of the line for Remington and Winchester and so on, you know, just spend the couple extra bucks, get the little bit, you know, tear up stuff and usually you'll see a large improvement.
1: Yeah. I uh, would agree with that. Ammo yeah. and especially broadheads like that if you know if you're going to shoot a mechanical like you definitely want something that's quality that's been proven over time that's not going to blow up that you know I think there's some of the like the single piece fixed blade like it's hard to mess that up. But yeah. Well, generally, I have, you want... I have
2: a story here—a okay. horror story. So uh, I I shoot Montec, you know Montec G fives. Yep. Um, and I bought some knockoffs to shoot as like practice, you know, heads, because I thought uh, it this would be too hard to screw up, you know, if they weigh the same. They're roughly the same shape. They got to be good enough just to practice with. They got to right. shoot fine. Oh, it was a bad mistake. Bad mistake. They were all over the place. I mean, they made my arrows fly crazy. And I I you know, the money I would have saved, you know, the money I saved on those broadheads I w- I spent in broken and damaged arrows because they flew crazy <laughs> you
1: okay know, those so are just
2: practice you know yeah so yeah so yeah,
1: I spend, will uh, spend the money yeah I will retract my previous statement on you know the single piece stuff it, it yeah, I least, hadn't had an experience yeah. like that but I also haven't tried like you know yeah. knockoff stuff either so
2: yeah it was it was a bad experience
1: yeah So I've got one here on that I think you should save on, and that's clothing. So, and let me explain that a little bit. I don't believe that you need the fancy high-end camo. You you know, you don't need the fancy high-end wool, merino wool, and all that stuff. If you know, if that's something you value and you want to spend the money on it by all means but but don't let especially if you're a new hunter listening like don't let that be the thing that keeps you out of the woods go buy some you know especially your your next to skin layer like your your base layer get something polyester um you know you can find that stuff for super cheap you know look at like uh What's the one 32 below or 32 degrees or something like that, that you know, I've got a couple of their base layer pieces and they're cheap, they work. You don't need to spend Buku bucks on clothes. Now, while some of the, some of the clothing stuff is nice to maybe upgrade to down the road, it's, you know, because of some of the features and maybe the pocket configuration or it takes into consideration your, your harness or you know it's got some added features by no means is that stuff required by no means does it make you a better hunter I think clothing is is an area where you can save some money you don't need the fancy high-end clothing
2: yeah uh, you basically took the words out of my mouth I had the exact same thing okay. um, especially base layer um, you can go and buy thermal base layers that aren't hunting specific for five bucks. Right. You go try to buy a hunting specific base layer. That's 25 bucks. Um, and there's no difference, you know, maybe the, the hunting specific one, you know, has some scent control qualities or gives you a little bit more of like a range of motion for, you know, drawing your bow or something like that. But it's by no means required.
1: And a lot Um, of that, like, non-hunting stuff is even putting the antimicrobial things into the polyester base layers now because they've realized that not only for hunting, but just like that polyester stuff isn't naturally antimicrobial like merino wool is. So they're adding those antimicrobial features just so that those base layers don't start to stink over time.
2: Right. No one likes to stink just in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With warm clothing... You know, a, a pair of camo jeans with a pair of sweatpants underneath of them are just as good yeah. as buying, you know, the $100, uh, you know, hunting pants, insulated hunting pants, or at least they're good enough. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely clothing.
1: I mean, we use that a lot, right? Like camo yeah. pants and sweatpants underneath make—or camo jeans and sweatpants yeah. underneath make— pretty good brush pants like the briars don't get to your skin when you've got that you know that thickness and it costs you what 25 bucks 30 bucks 25 dollars for a pair of jeans and five dollars for a pair of sweatpants or something
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: it's uh the other thing i'll say with clothing is you don't always have to buy camo I mean I know we all like our camo and everything but if, if you can find solid color like neutral you know your grays and your browns and stuff like that like a lot of times that stuff is way cheaper than something that's camo because either they've got to pay a royalty to use that camo pattern or they just know that they can char- they can charge more if it's if it's camo. Yeah. So if you can find solid colored things a lot of times you can find those those items for much cheaper and I mean, keep in mind, people hunted for years in blue jeans and a flannel. So you don't need the camo to kill a deer.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, people getting caught up in camo patterns like, yeah, you know, I need this specific pattern. Uh, I mean, having a camo pattern to match your surroundings helps. But any camo pattern is you know, better than no camo pattern kind of thing. Yeah. Any, anything that actually breaks up your outline, it doesn't even need to be camo per se. It can be, you know, I mean, especially for like deer hunting, if you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt, that's breaking up your outline. You know, the deer (laughs) don't really know that like, oh, hey, that's a Hawaiian shirt. You know, they can't see the colors all that well. I mean, deer do see some colors, but. That's breaking up your outline.
1: Oh, dude! I so want you to wear a, an, a Hawaiian shirt this fall. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be uh, <clears throat> that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have one, but
1: <laughs> I don't even know where you would buy one of those anymore these days.
2: No, not really. I mean, thrift store. You'd have to go to a thrift store probably.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Or Hawaii. There you go. Those are probably. Your options.
1: Yeah. Alright, so do you have another one, Jeff? Or should I jump into my next one?
2: Well, my next one to kind of to save on is kind of a play off the ammo one. Is you don't need to go out and buy a super expensive gun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more important that you get familiar with the gun that you have and that you practice with it and have quality ammo than it is how nice the gun is really.
1: Yeah. I, I would echo that with, um, the statement I made earlier about clothing, like don't let a high dollar gun be the thing that keeps you out of the woods. Like go buy a single shot for, you know, you can buy a used single shot for what? I don't know, a hundred bucks or something like don't let that be the thing that keeps you out of the woods because oh I need this super high-end gun you don't you just need one that goes bang when you pull the trigger
2: yeah yeah I mean yeah you can buy a brand new single shot shotgun for close to a hundred bucks with you yeah. know a an off brand a generic brand if you will a bargain brand um I would recommend buying a used name brand one I mean I most of the time, prefer older guns anyways. You know, when it comes to shotguns, um, they just seem to be made better. Yeah. So used used guns are another good option for any kind of hunting is, you know, you don't need to buy a brand new one. Or yeah. Used one is most of the time just as good, if not better quality.
1: Yeah. What do you think, what, what's your take on bows? You said, you know, you kind of, st- mentioned guns what do you what's your take on bows
2: now bows bows you might want to spend a little extra money at least spend a little bit more time researching um because there's a there's a big difference you know between high end and low end bows yeah you know and quiet and draw weights in
1: speeds
2: you know there's there can be some some drastic differences
1: now i will say like with bows don't be afraid to buy a used bow but maybe take it to a a, if if you can take it to a pro shop or something before you buy it and have them look it over and make sure you you know what you're getting into it doesn't have cracked limbs or or any kind of weirdness like that if you do buy a used bow, I would plan on taking it to a pro shop and just have them do a once over on it and make sure that, you know, if it needs parts, you know, you saved money on buying it initially. Spend yeah. the money on a, on a having a pro shop, look it over and, and make sure that it's safe. But don't, you know, I guess, again, to, to sound like a broken record here, don't let that be the thing that keeps you out of the woods. I, up until this year was the first year I used, it. I, I I bought a new crossbow. I had used a used uh, Horton Yukon SL for years that I bought used. Now in that case, I bought it off my uncle and I knew he had taken care of it. And you know, so, so it was, I, w- I felt confident in buying that used bow because I knew the history on the bow. If you're buying it from a stranger, that's why where I'm saying, you know, take it to a pro shop. If you know, if you can, if they'll let you take it to a pro shop, or maybe they'll meet you at a pro shop and, and you can have them look it over before you fork over the money, that would be great. But used bows can be a good way to get into things for less money. But like Jeff said, just, just do your homework and, and know what you're getting into. Even if it's not yeah. the fastest bow in the world, like, you know, bows. They're still pretty good, even if they're. I mean, I don't know how old you figure that that Horton was, Jeff. Probably ten well, years older or older, right? I mean, what
2: I was thinking was Dad's bow before he upgraded. Yeah, I mean that bow was old. Yeah, <clears throat> or the bow, the crossbow that sat down at the cabin for years that we would take out occasionally. Like, I mean, that thing was old old yeah and it still did the job
1: yeah but yeah i mean so something something that's been manufactured within the last 10 years you know it'll be old but you know if it's if it's 10 years older or less like you can certainly kill a deer with it Uh, you know like i said have somebody look it over and make sure it's safe to shoot but aside from that yeah. Do your homework and you can get get into a bow for, you know, so, sort of on the save side and
0: yeah. then
1: upgrade later. Right. I mean, I think we all like to over time, right. You, <clears throat> you, you, you fall victim to the marketing and you want to get the latest and greatest, fastest, lightest, whatever.
2: Yeah. Also, I would say uh, maybe go with a used, you know, higher end bow over a brand new lower end
1: bow yes i would you know, agree with that also
2: instead of getting the you know a hundred dollar bow 150 and fifty dollar bow you know new you get you spend that same amount of money but get a bow that's five years old you know that was at a higher price range originally
1: yeah so my next one is boots. This is another category that I had sort of identified and boots are for me are a splurge. And what I mean by that is like, I'm not saying you need to go out and buy $300 boots, but I, I prefer to buy something that's backed by a brand. That's not like a, a house brand. I've had too many bad boot experiences with a, a knockoff brand or, or a a house brand boot to, you know, and boots can really make or break the quality of a day out in the woods. If you're, you know, if you're walking around all day and they're, they're rubbing you weird or they don't keep the water out or whatever, like, you know, I, I just, I prefer to take care of my feet, keep them dry, keep them warm as best I can, and so I will. I will spend the money on a brand name boot that's got you know some some. I don't know what the word is. Some some brand image that they're trying to maintain and protect. Right, they don't want people saying, "Oh, these boots are junk." Right, they're you know, Rockies, Danners, Irish mm-hmm. Setter, you know, those kinds of things. Right. I'm not saying you need, especially for Ohio hunting, you don't need like three, four hundred dollar mountaineering boots. If you hunt out west and and that's your thing, then you know by all means, boots are are super important. But you know, I'm just saying you don't. I, I try to steer away from those budget boots, the you know the Walmart boots. The but you know I say that, and Dad I think goes to Walmart and buys a pair of boots and never complains about them and and is fine but me personally i i tend to splurge a little more on boots
2: yeah see i think boots boots are in an interesting category for me because boots are kind of in this mid-range like you don't want to buy the really cheap ones but you don't want to spend a ton of money either because they're boots they're going to get holes. The yeah. waterproofing's going to, you know, I mean, I've bought expensive ones. I've, I've, you know, went up to the $200 range and I've bought cheap ones and they, they all fail. You know, they all, the, the soles blow out of them or lose waterproofing. Now the really cheap ones, sometimes they're not waterproof from the beginning. Yeah. you know or they the the sole falls off in one hunting season yep but i've you know in the 60 70 dollar range and the 200 dollar range uh, they they seem to wear out roughly equal now yeah. the 200 dollar boots might be more comfortable before they wear out that much but they 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 wear out. So there that one there's kind of this fine line that you kind of got to find the middle ground of, I feel. Yep.
1: Yeah. They are definitely a consumable, but in that in that time of useful life, yeah. I've I guess for me, um you mentioned the waterproofing on cheap boots. I've I've had issues with that and just for some reason, I don't maybe it's the way they sew them or something with cheap boots. I always seem to have issues with them rubbing weird, like rubbing on that, that ball on the, on my ankle or just, I get the boots crease weird and then they, they rub me weird. And I, I've, I don't know what it is, but it seems like I, I have that more often in a cheap boot than I do in a, in a, a little bit nicer boot. Even like the, uh what are those Cabela's Iron Ridge or is that what those are called? Cabela's has that that. Uh,
2: I'm not familiar with Cabela's house brand. You're, that's yeah. what you're saying, like they're.
1: Yeah, it's a Cabela's. It's a Cabela's branded boot.
2: Yeah, Cabela's branded iron. stuff is a lot of times pretty good. Yeah. Um, and stoves I and everything.
1: Yeah. I bought a pair of those boots and I, and I brought them home and I was wearing them around the house and I was like, I just they're I can already tell they're rubbing me weird. And so I ended up taking them back and, and, uh, I think I ended up buying a pair of Rockies, but, and actually I think those Rockies that I bought are the boots that I wear almost all the time now. And I just, you know, I just, uh, control warmth with socks because they're they're a lower uh they're a lower insulated boot Mm -hmm. but anywho sidetrack
2: yeah so So, sidetrack i have a sidetrack and you may or may not know the answer to this um but what is it about dewy grass that kills the waterproofing on boots you can walk through a creek and no water you walk through dewy grass and your feet are wet
1: I don't know. I would love to talk to some, talk to a boot manufacturer and talk about that because it, there is definitely something. Ab- I, it, I, the only thing I can think is the boots, like that that mechanical um, swishing of the grass, that rubbing of the grass on the boots is like somehow defeating. The waterproofing, it's somehow forcing the water through the membrane or, through you know, if it's if it's a coating on the boot that makes them waterproof, it's somehow, I, I don't know, but I, I have the same thing, right? It's like brand new boots. You walk through dewy grass and your feet are wet. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I wish I did because I experienced the same things. Yeah. If That's anybody out there one. knows send us a message and, and what is it about walking through dewy grass versus stepping in a creek no problem dewy grass big problem i need to pause here briefly to talk about our sponsor Maston's Deer Sense Maston's is a deer scent company of course Maston's Deer Sense and they make a really good scent product and i know it's not deer hunting season but we're about to be getting into antler growth season. And so obviously corn or monster white tail grub is a good way to get deer in front of your camera to watch antler growth. But, you know, that stuff can get expensive. So one thing you could do is use scent. Deer scent is a great way to get deer in front of your camera, stopping by, checking out, you know, that smell that they're smelling and monitoring antler growth. I know we all like to watch those antlers grow, and scent uh, is a great way to do that. Mastens makes a good product. We've had very good success with their product, and if you're looking to try something like that out, I would encourage you to check out Mastens. You can either go to mastinsdeerscents.com and order right from their website. They ship it to your house, or just go to, as you hear me say over and over, Ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors, and there'll be a link there to their website. So now let's get back into the episode.
2: I think another area to maybe spend the little extra money on is calls. And all I'm saying is instead of buying the really cheap ones of whatever kind of thing you're trying to call, you know, I'm not an expert. I've actually I've never blown any duck calls or any like that stuff before.
1: What are you calling so, really cheap?
2: I'm talking like five bucks, like the five buck call. Okay. You know, there, there, I think there's a there's a lot of that's a price point that people like to hit in in that manufacturing realm is like the five dollar call. Right. Or sometimes with turkey calls, it's under five dollars. You know, they just want to they want to be, you know, forty nine ninety five or whatever. Or sorry, four ninety five. Yeah. And they just want to be right under that five dollar. And I think it's worth it to spend spend the little extra money because that call is going to sound better and it's going to function for longer.
1: So yeah. when you say spend, cause, cause reason I'm asking sort of these, these probing questions is calls are one of those ones where you can, sp- like you said, you can spend five bucks or you can spend, you know, a hundred dollars on a call. Like, so Yeah. when you and say spend a little more, what, where, what sort of price point are you alluding to? See,
2: And this is kind of tough because the price point isn't as important as, call well, you know because sometimes you can get a very good call for cheap yeah you know places want to get rid of them and you can get a really good one for cheap but i think for for like a a turkey call you're you're probably going to want to spend around the, like the 15 to 20 dollar range okay and probably probably the same for like deer grunt calls i mean My favorite deer call is just the can calls. Um, but I can notice a difference between the really cheap can calls and you know, the five dollar ones and the you know ten, twelve dollar ones. Yeah. I know I I swear by can calls. Like those have done work magic for me. So that's kind of my thing is maybe don't get just the the bargain like calls,
1: right? Yeah. Okay. So, I I think I would agree with that one as far as uh you know the the bargain calls you 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 know you can make them make sound but the one thing I've found especially with a little bit of a nicer call is a lot of times they're they're easier to run. Like I had a. I don't even know what it was, but it was one of these deer, like three in one deer call. And it, you know, was kind of, I think it was designed to like strap to your wrist or something so that you could, while you had your gun, your hand on the stock of your gun, you could kind of lean over and, and toot on this call. And it, you know, it, it made deer sounds, but it required quite a bit of volume of air to make it make it make a sound right there was a there was a handful of times you know quite a few times where you're in the woods and you start blowing through this thing and it's just hissing air through because it i wasn't blowing it hard enough to get the reed to vibrate now this this past year i uh upgraded to i think it's called the extinguisher and that thing's great, man. It, it takes very little air. It's got a, a thumb adjustable tone, right? So you can slide it up and, or I don't know which I don't remember which direction is which, but you know, all the way down is a, you know, mature buck all the way up is a, you know, a young doe and, you know, so you can kind of tune it on the fly. It doesn't take much air to run. And so it, you know, when you, and that was a $20 call or something when you step up into that, like you said, when you step up into that, you know, little nicer price point, you know, it, it's probably going to be easier to run the call or easier to make a sound that sounds like what you want it to sound like when you get up, Mm -hmm. you know, into a little bit of a nicer call. I think some of the high end, like those real expensive calls are more like collector type things. Like they've got some kind of custom engraving or, some kind of unique wood that you know you can only get in the jungles of borneo or you know (laughs) i don't know but yeah some of that stuff is yeah
2: yeah. i don't know about collectors but yeah they're for more of an entrepreneur you know so or not a A connoisseur connoisseur, yeah yeah like someone who who knows what kind of sound they're looking for and can you know yeah really dive into that
1: yeah Okay, so this next one I've got is is optics, and that's a that's a big category. But uh, this one I I'm gonna cheat on and say it depends. It really depends on what you're wanting to do. I think a lot of people that are just gonna put a or I guess maybe not a lot of people. If you're just gonna put, let's say, let's talk scopes. If you're just gonna put a scope on a gun, dial in your zero and, you know, check it once or twice next year before you go out hunting with it. You don't need a high, you you can save on that. You know, when you get into that, that scope's not going to dial windage or, you know, it's not going to have, it's not going to return to zero real consistently meaning if you if you dialed in um you know a windage adjustment or an elevation adjustment and then you you know you say you went up 6 clicks when you bring it back down to 6 clicks I wouldn't count on that scope being right back where it was before you moved it getting it to stay there is a different story like once you've adjusted it and you've got it shooting where you want you can save some money, you know. Now, if you're going, you're shooting long range and you're you're planning on dialing in windage or dialing in elevation, things like that, you need higher end optics. High, you know, higher end stuff is is, it's very much a you get what you pay for thing in most cases. And so you're going to get clearer glass. You're going to get nicer coatings. You're going to get those you know, those features in the turrets where the more precision machining where it's going to return to zero, that sort of thing. But if you're just putting a gun or a scope on something and you don't plan on fooling with it, you can save. The one thing I will say, though, is if you're shooting a heavy recoiling gun like a slug gun... Be careful in buying cheap optics because what I've seen a lot of is there's a lot of cheap optics out there that are are targeted for the AR market, the, the tactical stuff, and they just they don't stand up to the recoil of a of a 12 gauge. You might get a, a season or two out of them, but uh, like primary example here, a perfect example here is Jacob had a um, a red dot on his shotgun and, and that, that red dot ended up losing its seal. And so moisture got inside of it. Couldn't see the, I don't know if it, if it quit working altogether or if you just couldn't see the dot because of the condensation on the inside of the optic. And I mean, maybe that would have happened to to anything, but I suspect the heavy recoil of a 12 gauge didn't help. And so, you know, it was a, uh, that was you know, red dots are a lot of times used for ARs and are, are marketed for that market. That's much lower recoil thing. You know, so what I'll say is if you're going to put an optic on a slug gun or something that's got a heavy recoil, read the reviews, but, but particularly if you can search reviews for like, what did they put it on? And you know, if you can find one, a lot of, because some people, some of you people spend a lot of time writing reviews, which I, I I do appreciate. I don't have the time to write reviews on on stuff I buy. So uh, when I read a good review, though, that somebody like, some people even come back and, and will update the review a year later, things like that. So if you can find a review like that where they've, they've been using it on a heavy recoiling gun, then I, you know, I would feel pretty confident that that you're safe but just be careful in those cheap optics for ars a lot of times they won't hold up to 12 gauge recoil but binoculars are you know same thing like for for what we're doing here in ohio you know you're not you're not sitting and, and looking through the glass all day to where you need something that's gonna be super clear, super crisp. But you know, if you value that, then spend the money. But but I don't think you need to, to go crazy on on optics. Yeah. I think Any thoughts on that, Jeff?
2: Well, especially in the binocular realm for Ohio hunting, you don't really need to go crazy because You're not looking at anything that's far enough away, typically. And most of the time, you're not really getting to look at something for long enough that you really need this super clear picture. You know, you're not looking at an animal that's 200 yards away, bedded down, and you're, you know, trying to score it, you know, score that buck. It's like, oh, here's, you know, there's a buck moving through the woods coming towards me. You know, I want to see if it's the size I want to shoot before it gets to me. Right. Or, you know, there's a buck moving on a trail over there. I want to see what it is. And maybe I'll set up my, you know, move my stand over there tomorrow to try to catch him. Or if he's too small, I'm not going to move over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. And, I think even for the, you know, the scopes, right? Like we're just, we're not doing it it, again, I guess with the caveat of hunting in Ohio, we're not doing a ton of like super long range hunting. We're not, we're not doing a a ton of like dialing in at elevation or, or things like that. You're not allowed to hunt with a lot of the, the, you know, the guns where that really matters, right? It's all straight walled and shotguns here. And so,
2: yeah unless you're coyote hunting or hog hunting
1: right right so that's why i said at the beginning it depends right it depends on what you're doing if you're going to put an optic on a gun zero it and leave it then you know and that pains me to say right because i like i like quality optics and i like you know i'm a gear guy I like gadgets and and you know optics scopes and you know that stuff really sort of scratches that itch for me but I often have to remind myself like yeah all the fancy reticles and the and the fancy turrets and all this illuminated and all this and that is is great but does it really matter for what you're planning to use it for and most of the time the answer is no. So what do you got, Jeff?
2: All right. My next one to, uh, save money on is, and this is probably my last one, um, is coolers. For most cases, you do not need a Yeti cooler. Um, you, you can, you can save money, um, if you're deer hunting typically it's already cool outside so that cooler doesn't really need to work very hard um, and if you're fishing even if you're fishing in the middle of summer my better advice is to keep the the beverages or in snacks in a different cooler than you're going to be putting the fish in because the opening and closing the lid is what's allowing you know causing those coolers to fail yeah if you are putting you know if you can limit the number of times you're opening and closing that lid your your cooler's going to stay cooler your ice is going to stay frozen a lot longer so you and also there's uh generic or uh yeti knockoffs that are almost just as good if not just as good i mean uh walmart has a brand of cooler ozark trail you know that's walmart's brand for hunting and camping and their stuff's you know when it comes to coolers it's almost as good you know maybe maybe the latches aren't quite as good you know, it won't last as long, but you're talking half the price, a third of the price. So I, I think a lot of times you can, you can save money on coolers.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, uh, I, by no means am I saying that, that, you know, Yeti or, or any, you know, Orion or any of those high end cooler companies make a bad product. They make a great product and, and. A lot of that is, you just there's a, a coolness factor to it, right? Like, oh, you're you know you're serious. You've got a Yeti cooler, you know, and they're great products. But but yeah, I would agree. Unless you're doing something where you need you know backcountry camping or something where you you can't get to ice and you just those ultra high end coolers are. Um, probably a little overkill. I don't own one. Um I've got I think all of my coolers are Coleman coolers actually. But uh yeah, they do yeah. they do just fine for me and Yeah, I would I, it,
2: I I prefer a Coleman cooler. I mean just because they're cheap. Yeah. Um and I I have a a Coleman cooler you know I, it's like a seven day or something you know mm-hmm. i think because that's how they rate rate theirs yeah um and i i bought it at a, at a coleman outlet store for dirt cheap um and it it does a great job i also have a a knockoff yeti and it it definitely does better than the coleman seven day but it's 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 a good cooler it it does a good job but it's kind of overkill a lot of times for what i need it for right um you know because i'm keeping ice either most of the time i'm not keeping ice in the summer for more than one day or more than two days at the most um and Typically, when I'm deer hunting or turkey hunting, it's cooler out already. So the cooler doesn't really need to work all that hard to stay cool.
1: Yeah. If you can get your one like cooler tip, if you can get your, you know, if you're putting a deer in a cooler, if you can get it cooled down before you put it in the cooler, like if it, you know, if you get it quartered up and it's dark out, or it's getting dark, you know, it's getting into the cool of the evening. If you can get it cooled down before you put it in the cooler and close the lid, you'll save yourself a ton of ice because, you know, just let nature cool it down and then put it in the cooler and put it on ice. I actually have a a Coleman cooler that I uh, did some trash picking on. I found it. Somebody had just put it out at the road. I stopped and picked it up, and I replaced the the hinges and the drain, I think on it and got a, uh, you know, free. I spent some money on the, on some replacement parts, but uh, it's a fine, you know, it's not my best cooler. It's not, it's not, you know, the cooler that I go to for, um, you know, when I need to keep something cold or, or anything like that, but it's a great drink cooler, you know, picnic cooler or whatever. And, Got it. Yeah. Had
2: a yeah. yeah, trash picking coolers and yard sale and coolers is always good options because, yeah. especially with with a, with Amazon now, you know, because before Amazon or the you know the internet, it might have been hard to find those replacement parts. Now it's it's real easy.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. So another thing. I'll say, and this is sort of the last one that I have on my list here, is uh, safety gear. And, and I guess more specifically, safety harnesses. That is definitely a splurge item, in my opinion. It, you know, tree stands, I think I think all tree stands are required to come with some sort of a harness. And they're general. I mean, they will work, don't get me wrong. They will save your life in the event that you fall out of a tree stand. But they're usually a pain to put on. And so if if the fact that they're a pain to put on prevents you from putting it on or you think, oh, geez, I don't want to put that thing on. I just I, I forgot, you know, you know, whatever. I'm just going to run up that run up the, run up, the uh, up to my tree stand real quick. I, for, you know, I left something hanging on the hook or, or whatever up there. It's not worth it right? If you buy one of these nicer harnesses that just clips on and it goes on real easy and it's comfortable, I guess what I'm saying is spend money on a harness that is easy to put on so that you're more likely to wear it. And it's, it's, it's sort of a no brainer. Like, well, I need to go up to my tree stand. Oh, I need my harness. And it takes me two seconds to throw it on. It's not, it's not a like debate of like, oh geez, I got to figure out all these straps and feed them through these buckles. And, you know, I'm just not going to do it. I I just need to run up there real quick. If you, if a nicer harness, and it will, will make you more likely to put it on and wear it all the time, buy a nicer harness. Another,
2: Another thing is don't go so nice that you're afraid to replace it when it expires
1: yeah you know i mean
2: you you can i mean don't sue me here but you can extend the life of those a little bit but you really should be replacing your harnesses when you know when they expire because uh, if if they're expired they're they may not do their job and it you hate to find out when you actually fall
1: yeah that's one, one thing that I need to look into on, um, tree saddles. Like, do they expire like a tree stand harness does, right? Like, cause you know, like you said, a tree stand harness has a expiration date when it needs replaced. A saddle is, you know, your saddle is basically your harness. So does the saddle need replaced every five years or whatever the, you know, whatever the life of a tree stand harness is, or are they doing something different in those that doesn't require them to be replaced periodically? I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's a good question.
1: So, yeah, safety harnesses or, or any any safety gear, splurge on. Spend the money on that stuff because it's it's not worth it. So do you have any more, Jeff, or is that a, a good splurge? Spot to wrap it up
2: i think that's a probably a good spot to wrap it up you know i think we hit the the major ones i mean because the the major one for me is spend a couple extra bucks on quality ammo yeah because i've seen guys i mean even with just uh like your regular rifle deer slugs you know they go and buy the the cheap stuff and they can't get the things to, to shoot consistently. And they end up spending more money because they they can't get the thing. You know, they're trying to figure out why their gun's not sighting in. And it's because the ammo's not shooting consistently. Yeah. You know, just and all I'm saying is, you know, buy, buy a name brand rifled slug. You know, Remington, Winchester, Federal, you know, instead of the the knockoff brands that right. I've seen that way too many times where the people buy whatever's cheap, you know, the Walmart special typically Walmart only carries actually the name brand stuff, but Dick's special and can't, can't hit the broad side of a barn with it. You know, yeah. and I, especially now with the straight walled cartridges, you know, coming in to the state. Um, Hunters who don't really know, you know, are buying full metal jackets, you know, to shoot, shoot deer with. And because it's cheap, they buy the cheap ammo and they don't realize, Mm, you know, the people who are only going out for deer season, they, they, because when it was a, a slug state, a shotgun state, basically any slug you put in there was. Basically a hunting round. Right, yeah. And now people aren't paying attention to... You know, they might not be shooting full metal jackets, but they're shooting target rounds and not getting good, you know, expansion or penetration or whatever. Right. You know, spend spend a couple extra bucks.
1: Now that you mention that, I remember... Or I've seen people... Especially when like the, the, the Sabo rounds were, were, you know, kind of getting popular, right? Like I saw people shooting, they bought the rifled barrel or they bought a gun that had a rifled barrel on it, but then they were, they didn't want to spend the money on those cause they're expensive, right? The, the, the they didn't want to spend the money on those Sabots or Sabo And so they were shooting rifled slugs through a rifled barrel and, you know, shooting like, I want to say it was like eight inch groups at 40 yards or something because they, you know, those bullets weren't, they're not designed to be spun by rifling. They're designed to be shot out of a smooth bore and it was, you know, it was like, yeah good enough yeah Yeah. (laughs) i I mean no it's not
2: dad dad did that for years shot a rifled slug out of a rifled barrel and i mean it it worked out well for him he was getting pretty good patterns or whatever but once he did switch to you know the sabos he was uh you know he could shoot 100 yards no problem yeah and before that was impossible at 100 yards that thing was shooting a 12 inch group you know i mean it
1: was where yeah
2: yeah where so i mean it was a big difference it was you know once he switched he never went back because he realized oh wow this is a lot better yeah because i mean even the expansion on those i think provides a much better kill um you know your your regular ro- rifled one ounce rifled slugs. I don't think they they expand well or there's something I've seen it a lot of times where they they more seem to push their way through than actually cause a lot of shock, and the deer can you know has some internal organ block that that hole and you the the deer dies but it's not leaving a blood trail you know something is jammed up the you know the the entry and exit wounds and it's hard to find the deer yeah you know even though you put a 12 gauge slug through it which is a massive hole you know where i've with the with the the sabots or sabos um you don't seem to have that as much it, those leave a blood trail and a lot of times those bullets are expanding even further than a 12 gauge hole and are doing some real damage
1: yeah so okay well I think this was a a good one you know it's it's always good to kind of think about do I need to do I need to splurge on this one and uh A lot of times you don't, as long as you're smart about it. There are some things that you you probably should spend the extra money on. You know, Jeff, you said ammo was a big one for you. I would say clothing is a big one. Like, you don't need to spend a bunch of money on clothing. I don't know that I own any, like, name brand clothing. I I do think I have some Under Armour, but it's old stuff. Like, you know, back from playing sports days. And I do have some Carhartt jackets, but other than that, I don't, I don't know that I own any like name brand camo hunting clothing, anything like that, you know? So,
2: yeah, I'm a big fan of Carhartt hunting stuff. You know, I think when you, if you're going with a name brand, you know, that's probably a really good one where, where the name brand does kind of give you some, some benefits. Right. Um, And yeah, I I have some some Under Armour stuff, but most of the time I bought it because it was on sale or, you know, it it was the most economical option most of the time. So, that's kind of with the clothing.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at too. So, yeah. So, I think that's good. Thanks for listening. We'll, We'll talk to you all next week, and one thing I will say is check out your outdoor deals on Facebook. That's the place where we, we you know, we didn't want to clog up our Ohio Huntsman feed with with deals posts. But if we find deals on Amazon or whatever, that's the, that's the separate page that we've created for posting that kind of stuff. So it's at your outdoor deals on Facebook. And, yeah, it's not necessarily things that we've tried, but just good deals that we're finding on on hunting gear, clothing, calls, tree stand, you know, anything hunting and outdoors related we're, we're throwing up there. So if you're interested in, in seeing some deals on that kind of stuff, check it out. All right. So that's going to do it for us this week, but let's continue the conversation over on social. So we gave our opinions in the episode about what things we think you should save on and what things you should splurge on but what are what are your thoughts right we want to hear from you we we talk into these microphones and and it's good to get some feedback and some interaction from you all so find one of the posts that we make about this episode and let us know what things are save items and what things are splurge items if you aren't already following us on social we are Ohio Huntsman on Facebook and Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram. And we're always posting new stuff on there. One of the things we've been posting a lot about recently is the proposed regulation changes. So if that kind of stuff interests you, check that out and subscribe. And with that, we'll talk to you all next week.